What do you do when? It's a question that probably all of us have struggled with at some point or another. What do you do when you're waiting? What do you do when you're anxious? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Today's guest, Brent Hatchett, and I dialogue about how we navigate the difficulties of life. Join us now. Brent Hatchett, welcome to the No Gray Areas podcast. Um, man, I'm excited for you to be here. I'm happy to be here, my guy. Yeah, well, we, we, we've known each other for a couple of years, right? We started working yes. together, what was it, two, three years? Three years ago, probably. Yeah, right during COVID. Yeah. During a global pandemic is when we started working together. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's perfectly said. Like we, <laughs> we started working together during the global yeah, pandemic. During the global yeah. pandemic. Yeah, well, it's uh, man, it's been great these last few years getting to know you a little bit better, Absolutely. seeing your journey some, and you have had an exciting journey the last few years. I mean, that the, those three years that I've known you, yeah, you, you've had some high highs and low lows during that time, haven't you, dude? It's and, been so wild. So I don't know where to start, but I will say it has been wild, but it's been fun. Um, and it's also just let me say a super, super big joy to have the opportunity to be with you. So um, one of the things that I love to do, obviously, is just communicate. Yeah. But one of You're the an amazing communicator. Yeah. God is good. Uh, still, still learning, still growing. But one of the ways that I grew in my communication skills was by watching you preach at Cornerstone. I will never forget it. I just moved out here. Um, you were teaching and what stood out to me the most during your teaching, two things. One, it was when you got very transparent about your own panic attacks. Mm. I actually remember the message. That was the first message I, you heard me when that I was, was first talking about one. that. That was the first <laughs> one. Funny. And during yeah. that message, you had the doors on the table. It was a, a sermon series on choices. Uh, and then the third thing that this is how you know is a good message when I can on the spot recall, we yeah, didn't even pre talk yeah. about any of this. The third thing that I stood out to most to me was, um, you stood on the platform and all you had was your Bible. Yeah. There was no podium. There was no notes. It was just your Bible. So what I ended up stealing from you that I want to publicly give credit for is when you all see me or hear me preach and I only have my Bible it's because I learned it. From Pat McCullough. Yeah. Oh well, thanks, man. You do yeah. it well. Yeah. You do it well, man. It's yeah. fun. It there is something about that, though, isn't it? Hundred um, percent. I, you know, I don't know where I borrowed that. I got that from someone too. But what I loved about it was when you take anything in between you and the audience away. Yep. There's something that connects you, right? Like yep. there's, and it doesn't. It doesn't mean that every communicator needs to do that. Everybody's yep. got to find their own communication style. But yep. you definitely found yours, my friend. Oh, got it. Definitely cool, found yours. But yeah. So uh, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on here, and it's funny that the very first message you heard me do was about choices, because mm -hmm. that's what this podcast is about: is the power yeah. and complexity of human choice. I, yeah. You know. I, you and I, as men of faith, we both believe that that we're the pinnacle of God's creation as human beings, yep. that we're co-creators with him, that, yep. that he's given us this amazing, complex, powerful opportunity yep. to make choices, yep. good or bad. Yep. And so what I love is you and I were just talking, I think a couple of weeks ago, and you yep. were talking about uh, maybe starting a podcast down the road here in a couple of months, yeah. built around this idea of um, what do you do when, right? Yeah. So for context... Um, most of the, the messages I prepare always start with this simple phrase of what do you do? Uh, I see throughout scripture, no matter who we're talking about, they find themselves in this place that I literally had a conversation about this on the way over here. They find themselves in the in-between. Yeah. 
more often than not. Yep. So then the question is, why you're in, be in the in-between, wh what do you do when with this scenario? So I'm excited. Lord willing, we're going to kick off a podcast in a couple months here uh, entitled, What Do You Do When? Um, a lot of it is very personal to me. Uh, what do you do when you're in a season of transition? Uh, what do you do when you're waiting? Uh, what do you do when you feel like God's abandoned you? Just as a few examples. And then in addition to that, sooner than the podcast, we'll probably come out with some devos that are, what do you do when? Yeah. Um, and those will air on my Instagram page and um, probably partnered with the the church that I work at, Pillar Church. Shout out to Pillar. And yeah, we'll go from there, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's be fun. Well, definitely when we drop this, yeah. um, we're recording it right now, but when we drop it, we'll get some of that information from you. Love we'll, it. We'll, yeah, we'll drop it in the um, the description and yeah. people can come find you because I would love for them to follow you with this. It's mm. uh, I think it's a great it's a great concept and it's it's similar in the sense that it has to do with choices like what do you yep. do when yep. but this is what i this is what i love about the bible and i know you do too because yeah. you you preach on it now and i did yep. for a lot of my life yep there's not many what do you do whens that we encounter in life that you're not going to go find a story 100% right like you you're going to you dig into it if whatever's happening in someone's life whatever 100%. they're facing there's someone yep in those 66 books we call the Bible yep. that went through something similar yep. that we can learn from. Yep. And a lot of times it's not always, they're, they're not all good examples. Yep. A lot of times they're bad examples, right? Yep. So I love that you're going to do that, but let's, yep. let's unpack a few of those. And while we're I'm unpacking sorry. a few, I know, I know that our audiences are some of, some people are going through these right now. Yep. They've gone to them in the past or they're going to go through them in the future. Yep. One of them that you're in the process of working through right now, yep. and you, your most recent message was on this was, what do you do when you're waiting or when you're in the in-between, right? Yep. Did yep. I say that right? hundred percent. Okay. Yep. All right. So, so unpack that a little bit. Like, you're in that journey right now. 100%. So the message title was, what do you do when you're in between here and there? Uh, so to give people context, who might not have heard the message. Um, long story short, I was studying one day. I wasn't even studying. I was literally, so let me just be real vulnerable and transparent. I'm in a church now to where I don't have the luxury of, while we have a preaching calendar, my dates are typically at this point what we would call one-offs. Yeah. So I don't have You're the, not in a series. I'm not in a series. Yeah. So I don't have the luxury of being able to go back to the sermon planning meeting and pulling all of the nuggets that we talked about. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It actually goes back to how I started when I was 16 years old to where I literally have to go to this place. So can so, we can we unpack that a little bit? Because yeah, for sure. A lot of the audience that's listening <laughs> yeah. aren't in the church world yeah. or aren't in the speaking world. And so what Brent's talking about is a lot of times we'll plan out, like you and I were in those meetings together, 100%. and we plan out like an entire year and we have the series and then we're breaking down the series by week and there's a passage that maybe you're going to speak on and people are sharing different ideas and illustrations. Yep. And so when it's your week... Or, you know, it might be two, three weeks out. You start right. praying about it and you take all the notes and all these things that people have talked about. And you start putting together a message. Right. You don't get any of that right now. I don't You're just told. None of that right now. You got now, this player. week coming up. Figure something out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's it's that old school spot to where it's, um, hey, Lord, what do you want me to say to these people? Yeah. That's literally the prayer. It's nothing more than that. So literally one night, because the clock is ticking, yep. I'm, I'm a week and a half away from this message and I don't want to. I don't want to keep sitting on it. Yeah. I'm, hey, Lord, like 12 30 in the morning. What do you want me to say? I go to sleep. I wake up. I hear this thought. What do you do between here and there? Here and there. Mm. Go to Joshua. Go to Joshua. Verse one My, my servant Moses is dead. 
Brent Hatcher paraphrase, Joshua, I'm about to do some amazing things with you. Let me tell you all the things we're getting ready to do. We're getting ready to cross over the Jordan River. You're about to lead Israel into the promised land. And here's a promise that I give you. The same way I was with Moses, I'll be with you. But watch this, Joshua. There's something I need you to do for me. I need you to be strong and courageous. Okay. So as I'm processing this thought, what do you do between here and there? Here's where I landed the plan on this message and I'm paraphrasing it. But essentially, I've learned from me personally in the season that I'm in between here and there. I don't need to focus on what it is the Lord is going to ask me to do because like he did with Joshua, we're going to do it together. Here's what I need to figure out. And there's a lot of unknowns. There's too, a lot of right? unknowns. Like you don't know. Like don't Joshua know. in that moment didn't know all the no, things. Didn't yeah. know all things. But here's what I do know. I do know that in order for me to do what he wants me to do, I need to become who he needs me to be. Oh, that's good. And this is what happened with Joshua. Joshua, I need you to be strong and courageous. And that was going to be who he was to be. That's yeah. who he's to be. In order for him to do what God was calling him to do. You know what? So so how does verse one start? You you open up the book. My, Moses, my servant Moses is dead. See, this is why <laughs> th that could apply like every listener right yeah. now. It could be your story may be a little bit different, but it may be um, yep. you're about to move. Yep. This job that you've had just is ended. Uh, this relationship you had just ended. Yep. This. So we're all in that. that between that here and in there. In between. Yeah. Yeah. Between here and there. And the message that you were given was where we sometimes make the mistake as humans, we start going, what do I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yep. And and that just adds more anxiety sometimes because yep. we don't know. And, yep. But the message was don't about struggle so much on what you're going to do, but who do you need me to be? Who do you need me to be? Because here's the thing. He knew you, Pat. He knew me, Pat, when he formed us in our mother's womb. Yeah. He knew the call in our life from outside of time. Yeah. The Lord knows exactly what he wants us to do. Yeah, It's not a matter of what we're going to do. It's a matter of who he needs us to be. And I think one of the dangers that you and I and people in general make the mistake of thinking about is we get so caught up in the dream, right? Yeah. That we forsake the process. Yeah. Think about it. Well, you're right on. You're right Joseph on. had an amazing dream, but he had to go through one heck of a process. Decades. Decades. Yeah, it wasn't like it was going to be a few weeks or a few months. It was decades. Decades. Bro, David was anointed king as a teenager. Yeah. Holmes didn't become king until he was in his early 30s, time. bro. Yeah. He had to go and through a journey process. And that journey between here and there was radically different than they envisioned. Radically different. And you know what? That's the story in my life. Yep. Story in your life, yep. right? I know you and I have talked enough that you've had some things where you're like going, yeah, I didn't see that my life going that way. That chapter yep. was a lot different than I yep. thought. Yep. But, but the the shakeups that we're going to have because we're going it's going to shake us up at 100%. times but it's a lot different when you have the mindset of okay who are you wanting me to be in this mm -hmm. that's a lot different so practically speaking so talk to me in the audience practically speaking how how do you when you're in between the here and there there's a lot of unknowns maybe someone's in between jobs maybe yep. someone's there's a relationship that some whatever it might be yep and you're going, okay, I get it. I, I I need to be who I'm supposed to be. But practically speaking, what do you do then? What does that mean? What does that look like? How does someone work through that? Yeah, it could look a number of different ways. So one of the questions that I used to um, teach to a young adult group that I was over is when you find yourself in this in-between, a couple questions you can ask. Hey, God, what are you trying to show me? Hmm. Right. Um, another question. Hey, God, how are you trying to grow me? Um. Is there something you're trying to teach me in this process, right? So practically speaking, part of my story, um, 
I moved from Miami, Florida to Phoenix. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was 2019. Um, and I moved here begrudgingly. Like I had no intentions yeah. on coming over here. Only reason I came here is because I'm married to the most wonderful woman in the world. And yeah, Shannon she Nicole Hatchett. Right? And she got a job. She got a job opportunity to coach uh, track and field at Arizona State University. A quick side note. Have you ever had a foot race with her? I don't even want to. I'm a lose. <laughs> She's a sprinter coach. Yeah, I'm yeah, a lose. Yeah. It's not going, okay. not going okay. down. So fast forward. This is the second time they called her in three years. So they called her in 2017. The, you know, they wanted her, but I didn't feel like there was a piece about it. And eventually she came to that same conclusion. 2019, though, they called the second time and I couldn't ignore it. Here's the problem, Pat. The problem was is in that process, I was planning on planting a church in Miami. I had already you started. Were, okay. I had already started going through assessment. You're already working on your dream. Working on it, dude. Going through an assessment with a church planting organization, all that stuff. Um, and I'm like, no, we're we're not moving. Uh, but there's this passage in Proverbs, the heart of the king is in my hand, and like the rivers of water, I turn it towards my will. Mm-hmm. So the Lord just basically beats me up. Uh, and eventually, begrudgingly, I give in, we make the move over here. Fast forward, um, I go through the church planting process, same organization here. Here's the crazy part. We got green lighted. Like we were certified to go plant a church. Funding was on the way, all that good stuff. Call it a month or two down the road. Don't remember the exact timeline, uh, but I end up preaching a sermon in seminary in the preaching class and I, the seminary and the organization were tied together. Okay. The one that was going to plant you. The one that yeah, was going to plant yeah. me. So I said something in the and when, sermon. And again, for our audience that may not know, this means usually when someone's going to plant like a church, this means they're they're talking about giving you funding. Yep. They're giving you, I mean, the green light. It's yep. like you got, you, you've, you've got your next year, two yep. years, three years kind of yep. planned out for yep. you. Yep. Yeah. So you go from there to. So I preach this sermon. I say something offensive. There's an email that's sent about what I said. And uh, I get a phone call that says, hey, based on what you said, and you don't seem very repentive about what you said in the sermon, um, we're going to have to, essentially, we're kicking you out of the seminary. Okay. Well, the next day, I get a phone call or email, one of the two, from the church planting organization. And they say, hey, we're going to drop your church planting endorsement. So here's what people need to, here's what we got to tell that story. Now I'm I'm hurt, but I'm also like super angry. Mm -hmm. Because prior to that, I was serving at Sweet Home Missionary Baptist Church. Shout out to Sweet Home. Uh, church of 7 to 900, historically African-American church. I'm in my early 30s as the assistant pastor. Like, I'm kind of feeling myself just a little bit. Um, and now all of a sudden, I move all the way out here. And the thing that I was, thought I was getting ready to do just completely. Just implodes. Implodes. Yeah. Falls apart. You know, and, and let me just jump in here really quick. Because this is the tough thing. Whenever we tell stories, even like when we read the story like Joseph. Yeah. Joe, you read the story of Joseph and it takes you a, a, a 15 minutes, right? To read yep, it. Yep. Um, or your story, you're telling it now. Yep. And it's, it's, it's just hard for anybody to understand, even for you in a yep. sense. Yep. Because if you can go back then, you don't know what you know now. Nope. So I you're just feeling like the, like you're saying you're angry. Everything. You're frustrated. You're, you're a little bit lost in the sense of where do 100%. I do? What do I go now? 100%. And, Again, there's no one that's listening that hasn't been there. Yeah, and to be very transparent, I'm lashing out. I'm lashing out on my wife. I'm upset with this church planting organization. I'm upset with the churches that are affiliated with them. Like I'm, I'm, if I could say pissed on your podcast, yeah, I'm pissed. You can't. You can't. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pissed. Yeah, and it was not a good look. So fast forward, um, I ended up going to this this church planting conference 
called S2. This is before everything went down and just so happened to go to a table to where they had a residency opportunity. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I speak with the people, shout out to Vision Arizona, um, about this residency. This is good news because this is how you and I meet. This is how (laughs) you and I meet. So fast forward, again, I'm still in between here and there. Um, I find out that everything gets dropped. I call the church planting residency people. And here's the irony. I literally almost skipped the meeting for the introduction of Vision Arizona because I got the green light. I wasn't about to come. And just something just said, just just go anyways. Yep. So I go anyways. Thank God I did. Yeah. Um, so I call them. I say, hey, this is what happened. I preached this. I got it on video. I can send it to you. I send it to them. Uh, person looks at the video. He says, hey, man, I heard what you said in your sermon. He says, don't even worry about it. We got pastors who've said way worse than what you said. <laughs> like Literally. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thank you, yeah. Lord. So, um, but then the conversation shifts to like, hey, we don't know if you're quite ready to plant a church yet. Would you be willing to do an internship at this church called Cornerstone? What? For your audience, for context, I'm 31 mm-hmm. at this time. Well, 30, 33. I'm 33 at this time. I have a wife. I have a son. And this internship is it's paid, but it's a thousand bucks a month. Yeah. So, um, and, and on top of that, let me add, you, you were just in your mind, you have to shift. You were got the green light to go be a lead pastor or and now run an, an organization. Intern. And now you're going to be an intern. So an you're, intern. you're dealing with a lot of, Oh yeah. bro, it, it was yeah. the most humbling thing. Yeah. So fast forward doing the internship now. And my first week of the internship was the third week in March of 2020. That's a perfect time. <laughs> Fourth week. Yeah. Church is closed. Yeah. Fast forward. I'll skip a bunch of details, but fast forward. Um, we're in COVID. Nobody really knows what to do. In the in- interim, I need to make some money. I did not want to go back. Prior to me being in vocational ministry, I worked in finance uh, for banks. Didn't want to go back to do that because I knew it wasn't going to be forever. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I spoke to my biological dad. He recommended that I go get my CDL. So on a whim, and now I'm thinking I'll get my CDL and I'll start my own trucking company. That is the last thing that happened. I get my (laughs) CDL and I start driving dump trucks Mm -hmm. for a living. Mm -hmm. It was without question. And let me say shout out to all the truckers who are watching this, man. Those are some amazing men, amazing people, hard workers. They make the earth move. Mm -hmm. I'm just not built to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not a not, I'm just not built for it. Mm-hmm. And I very quickly realized I wasn't built for mm-hmm. it. Like how um, quickly? Oh, like after I got fired off the first job after a week. <laughs> like that quickly. Yeah. Okay. Real quick. Yeah, yeah. My first job technically was doing ready mix. Yeah. Bro, I could see why that was the punishment of Israel to build bricks. Yeah. A horrible job. Uh, so yeah. And that was one week. That was one, one week. week. Yeah. Literally hired on Monday, fired by Friday. Oh, another week goes by. I land a job driving with this dump truck company and i'm on that job i think for like six months um, no, no I, again i got to jump in because we're laughing about it now yeah. but i knew you at that time you did and we were we were meeting periodically and we talking were. we're laughing about it now but in the moment oh, just like everybody who's funny. listening that have been in these journeys these these in-between times or these these valleys in life it, yep. it wasn't laugh it wasn't a laughable thing at the time no nope, not in the least bit it was without question one of the most humbling seasons of my entire life but here's what I can also say. Hey, from your No Gray Areas team, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. And if you're loving this episode, 
Would you just take a moment and leave us a review and rating on whatever platform you're listening from? If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the new podcast episodes that drop every other Wednesday. By leaving a review and subscribing, you help others discover our podcast's inspirational messages to effectuate positive change in their lives. Okay, let's jump back in to this episode. It was without question one of the most humbling seasons of my entire life. But here's what I can also say. The Lord met me in that trunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for encouragement, there are some people who may be listening right now or watching Uh, they're in their dump truck season. Here's what I can guarantee you. If you lean in, the Lord will meet you in the dump truck. Yes. He'll meet you in the dump truck. And here's what's going to happen. The dump truck is, in all honesty, it's a surgery room. It's in the dump truck where God started to do open heart surgery on me. It was in the dump truck because I asked the Lord, eventually I said, like, what are we doing here? This, why, why this? Like I was at Sweet Home, things were great. I could have stayed there. What are we? What are we doing in this truck? And it was very clear, Brent. The reason why I have you in this truck is because I'm trying to humble you. Oh, yeah. You at Sweet Home, you you had a nice little title. You thought you were doing big things, but you were arrogant and you were prideful. And I needed to humble you. Did it take a while for you to get that message? Was it? It depends on like, what your perspective is. Well, was that one day you're sitting in the truck and you're having this conversation and boom, or was it kind of, did it kind of morph into you slowly, slowly. understanding? Okay. Slowly understanding. Slowly understanding. Yeah. So, but that I, was. I was asking because yeah. I've had open heart surgery, as yeah. you just put it, in, yep. in different situations. And mine was more of a morphing too. Yep. It wasn't, it was like yep. he was slowly revealing. Yep some things that I needed to learn. Yep. And, and the other don't you thing wish I'm, it could, ha- could happen outside of an open heart surgery in a dump truck? It's, which but is, it's not effective. <laughs> it's true. It's not effective. It's true. Um, somebody taught me this. Man, there are no shortcuts to God's will. So uh, when you think about Jesus, you and I talked about this at Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. When we talked about the leadership mm-hmm. of Jesus, right? Uh, Jesus did things, did, did things three ways. And I'm stealing this from somebody else. Um, shout out to Preston Morrison. Um, but he did things slow. Yeah. So let's think about it. Yeah. From the very beginning of time, when he was born on the earth, he knew he was God incarnate. Yeah. Right. But he decided to just take his time. Like yeah. he knew what the assignment was, but I'm gonna wait till I hit my thirties before I step into three, ministry. Three decades. And right? no one else really knows. Right. Yeah. So he did things slow. Number two, he did it the hard way. Like he could have stayed in his divinity, but instead he emptied himself of all of his divinity, took on the form of humanity, Mm -hmm. right? So he did things the hard way, going back and forth with Pharisees and Sadducees and da-da-da-da-da, right? And then it ended in death, right? Mm -hmm. So he did things slow, he did things hard, he did things where it's death, so leadership is a slow, hard death, (laughs) right? Mm-hmm. If we think that Jesus is the greatest leader mm-hmm. of all time, why did I bring this up? I bring this up is because it was the same principle in the truck. There are some people who are just so ready to get out of the truck. But what if the Holy Spirit says, nope, I want to do this the slow way. I want to do this the hard way. And it's a way that's going to end in death. But it's only through this slow, hard death that you'll find life. Mm-hmm. Bro, I, that blows my mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I, I'm gonna 
change slightly one thing you said because you said leadership is a slow, hard death, and yeah. it is. Yeah. But I would say, and this is a churchy word, discipleship, mm. right? Following yep. Jesus is a slow, hard death. Ooh, and he actually told us that, right? That's good. Come on, Pat. <laughs> that's but, good. But he told us that, didn't he? Yep. Pick up the cross it, and follow not, So if someone's listening, they're like, well, I'm not really a leader. It's like, no, if you're, if you're in this journey yep. following Jesus, there's, there's going to be a slow, hard death. But it yep. leads to, and you don't want to leave that part out because yep. you said it well. Yep. What did it lead to? Life. Life. Leads to life. Yeah. Um, so you're so you're in the, this journey. So you're in this truck. You have an open heart surgery. <laughs> yep. Doing things the slow way, the hard way, the way that, the way that leads to death. So here's what happens. I figure out I'm supposed to be humble. Okay, God, check. Then he does give me like a little gold nugget as encouragement. Mm -hmm. But I don't get the gold nugget till after the fact. I didn't get it in the truck. I got it after the fact. Side note, sometimes you won't get the full picture of the lesson until the season's over, and that's okay. And that season could be different. It could be different. Right? For some, it might be a few weeks or months, might right. be years. Right. So as I go through the process of the truck, here's what I figure out. I figured out part of me going through the truck is because God's built me, and I'm going to use what Paul says, to become all things to all men so that I might win some. Hmm. Hey, Lord, help me understand that. Brent, you've worked in the white-collar world. But now I've just put you in a blue collar environment. And here's the truth. There's one day where you're going to be preaching to men and women who work in a blue collar field. Mm -hmm. But now you've got an ability to connect with them like you've never had before. Mm -hmm. You understand it. You Become it. all things to all men so that you might win some. And it's not just that. I got saved in what we would call the black church. Mm -hmm. Learned how to preach in what we call the black church. These last three years. I have spent the majority of my time and very predominantly Anglo churches. Yes, you have. But a part of that process is becoming all things to all men yeah. so that I might win some. Yeah. Right. So my my burning. The fun thing, by the way, though. Yeah. Is you brought you brought a lot of black church to that white <laughs> I church. Can't, man, I have to. <laughs> I loved it. I have to. But my, most people that listen to you that uh, I know that listen to you, yeah. that's what they loved yeah. about it. Is, but you, but my burning desire in this moment for the person who might be listening who feels stuck in the truck season. Mm -hmm is man, I want you to be who it is that God's called you to be. And you've got to take the slow, hard death road. And mm -hmm. it's, here's what you need to know. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. You will not die. It's okay. There's a reason he's letting you go through this season. And yeah. it's because he's pruning you. He's developing you. He's growing you. And you'll look back. And here's what I say. I would not for a minute, I would never trade my truck season. I never want to go back to it. Mm-hmm but I'll never trade my truck season mm -hmm. ever. I wonder if our listeners, you know, right now, if they could contemplate on that and think if, if they would be at the place that they would say that maybe some of them are in the middle of the truck season. So they're like, I'm not there yet. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. But when I look back on my truck seasons, yeah, I'm with you. Yep. I, I don't ever want to go back there. And I, and I, if I live long enough, I will, I'll yep. go back to another one. I'm not going to live yep. another. If I, if God gives me another two or three decades, I'm not yep. going to live that without having a few more valleys. Yep. But I'm with you. I look back and I'm going, there's something that he did there that I could, he couldn't have done any other way, any nope. other time. Nope. Yeah. Nope. You know what's interesting is I love this conversation because years ago I posted on my social media, Seneca has this quote. It said, um, Seneca was 2,000 years ago. He's a philosopher. He said, if a person knows not which port they sail, no wind is favorable. I always love mm. that quote, right? Because it's mm. about like, you know, focus and yep. – but I posted that, and my daughter, who was in one of those in-between times, yep. struggling at the time, yep. she she direct messaged me, sent me a text, and she just said, Dad, but what if there's no wind? This is such a great question. You know, because again, the quote is, if a person knows not which port they sail, no wind is favorable. And she goes, what if there's no wind? 
that's what that time feels like, right? That mm. where it's like, okay, great. That's a great quote. You know, yep. figure out which port, figure out your future, figure out your direction, figure out your or dreams what if and your goals. No what if there's no wind? Mm. And that's what you're describing. That's what you're talking about. What do you do in that time? Mm. And what you're saying is that's where you where you go. It's not about what you're gonna do, it's about who you're supposed to be. Who you're supposed to be. Yep. That's but, good. But also think about it. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Um for Noah, there was no rain, but he still built an ark. Uh-huh. Yep. You don't need the. T- Ooh, sorry if that messed up your sound, Riley. Nope. <laughs> you don't. You don't need. You don't need the the tangible thing that people expect, right? All you need is obedience. Yeah. You know what's funny about that? Oh, I love that. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> you That's don't need the, the tangible t- thing. You just need yeah. obedience. You know, all those years ago when I when I told her, because I, th- I had to think about it for a little bit too and pray about it, you know, like how yeah. do I answer? Yeah. And I think God gave me a similar answer that he just gave you because I told yeah. her, I'm like, well, sometimes that just means that you you take down the sails and you start repairing the sails. Yep. Mm. You start doing the stuff on the boat that you don't get to do when the wind is blowing. Yep. Um, yep. But you're still doing something. You're doing something. Don't just waste that time do something and like you're saying no still building an ark there was no rain there was no rain good that's a good word no rain but he built that ark. yeah well this is why i think what you're going to do with your podcast and really what you do with your speaking and your preaching is so good because what do you do when we could talk about you know what do you do when you're waiting what do you do when you're uh discouraged what do you do when you have anxiety what do you do when you don't know what to do yeah so here, oh, this is a great one. I need to find it. I wish I'd have brought my Bible and I turned my phone off. Darn it. <laughs> but so here's what I would say. Um, is that Psalms 139? It's not. Ask your question one more time and I'm going to fire it off. Okay. W- what do you do? The last part where yep. you're like, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Okay. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Go hide in the closet. Hmm. I am learning that the best thing that you can do is learn how to consult with the Lord before you do anything. Mm-hmm. Let's take two steps back. For some reason, Joshua's my guy in this season. I'm learning a ton from Joshua. Yeah. So Joshua chapter nine, fast forward. Uh, Joshua became strong and courageous. Um, he leads the people across the Jordan River. I think it's in chapter four, walls of Jericho come down. Chapter five, chapter six, chapter seven, we're dealing with AI and Aiken and all that stuff. Then we get to Joshua chapter nine, and he's already taken out all the neighboring nations, right? The uh, Hittites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, every other ite. And then there's this other tribe called Gibeon, okay? And um, Gibeon knows what time it is. They know without a shadow of a doubt that destruction time is destruction coming. time yeah. is coming. Yeah. So here's what they do: they put on raggedy clothes. They get moldy bread. They get torn up wineskins. They come to Israel as if, as if they were some faraway nation, right? And then in verse chapter chapter nine, I can't remember exactly what verse it is, but it says, "And Israel failed to consult with the Lord." Mm. And as a result, here's what happened: Joshua and Israel cut a deal with Gibeon when God had every intention on destroying them, but because they didn't consult, now they got to deal with them. They did for for a long time. For a like long time. You'll uncover, if you watch closely later on, you'll yep. see that hundreds of years later, they're still dealing with them. Yeah. Because Dude. of that, they didn't consult. Because they didn't consult. My encouragement to people is learn how to build your own tent of meeting. Mm. Prime example, and I hope this helps somebody. And 
I know we come from different backgrounds. I'm I'm a flaming charismatic guy. So yeah. let me just put it out there. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Uh so I am one day uh, literally a couple weeks ago. For years I prayed the same prayer. Anytime I preached, anytime I did live welcome, anytime I did a daily devo, my prayer was always this Lord, the same way you were with Moses and the same way you were with Joshua, Lord, would you be with me? Mm-hmm. I pray that prayer every single time. A few weeks ago, I'm in my own tent of meeting and I'm reading through what Moses wrote and I'm reading through what we see in Joshua. And as I'm reading, I notice this trend. And the trend is, is I see that the Lord, while Moses and Joshua said some stuff, the Lord said even more. Hmm. And out of the blue, Pat, I shifted and my prayer changed. I said, hey, Lord, the same way you spoke to Moses and the same way you spoke to Joshua, would you speak to me? Hmm. Now I'm, I'm moving in a realm to where by the grace of God, I am learning. I'm a young Samuel who gets to sit up under an Eli and discern when God's speaking. So for those who feel like, what do I do? I'm stuck or God's abandoned me. Whatever it is, whatever your feeling mm-hmm. is, I would say go build yourself a tent of meeting. Mm-hmm. Sit before his face and open up the book because if you're struggling, and I, I stole this from Preston and stole it from Tim, um, he sounds like what he wrote. Yeah. Open up that book. Yeah. And here's the thing that impresses me the most as I'm going down this journey of getting a clear uh, ear to hear what the Holy Spirit might be saying to me. I'm literally in this like season of studying the Psalms. Yeah. And here's what I'm studying. I am studying just how comfortable David was in conversation with the Lord. Yeah, it really was, isn't it? When you read there was it, you nothing just, yeah. off limits. It's almost like he's sit, like you and I are sitting down here. But what if that could be the way for everybody? Yeah. Because here it is. I thought about this the other day. There's nothing that separates me from hearing from God than Paul hearing from yeah. God yeah. or Moses yeah. hearing from God yeah. or Peter from hearing from God. Yeah. I got two hands. I got two hands. Yeah. I got two ears, they got two ears. I got two eyes, they got two eyes. We're built the same way. I remember reading a book years ago about a guy who was in a prison camp. Um, it was a communist country. He was put in prison camp because of his love for Jesus, preaching Jesus. Yep. And uh, he was explaining, someone came to him one time that had no background whatsoever with religion and yep. and was saying, how do you pray? Like, what do you do to pray? And he goes, well, I mean, imagine that you're like, there's an empty chair yep. and you're having a conversation, yep. but it's, it's Jesus sitting there. It was God yep. sitting there. This person ended up doing that and Years and years later, as an old man, the last thing their family remembers is this person was laying in their deathbed mm. and they're talking to an empty chair. Mm. And some of their last words were this conversation they had had for the the, the, the past decades, yep. their prayer life. But it was a God. conversation, like you're saying, that, that, that David had with with it's, God in the Psalms, just oh. a conversation. But but a, a raw one, right? Raw That's one. what you don't want to miss. Yeah. He, he's, sometimes David says stuff in Psalms where you're like, oh, I can't believe you said that to him. But why not? Mm-hmm. He created That's me. That's the question, isn't it? Why, why wouldn't not? I say that to him? He created me. Yeah. He knows me. Mm-hmm. He designed me. He's not going away. He's not going I away. Stop loving me. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Like, and he knows you're thinking it. Think about it. Let me go back to Joshua. So the Lord is like radically doing some surgery on me now from a spiritual perspective. And... I uh, was thinking about the fact that Joshua is the only man in human history to where when he prayed to God, 
in the middle of a battle, he made a radical request to the Lord. And the Lord was, hey, in order for us to stop this, to win this battle, I need more time. And God literally holds the sun still. Mm -hmm. So Joshua can win that freaking battle. Mm -hmm. Here's what's blowing my mind. I ask myself the question, if Joshua can make that kind of request, how come I can't? Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, he says no. Yeah. But what if he says yes? I like that phrase. But what if he says yes? <laughs> but you what if, you should what if he says yes? On that sometime. What if he says yes? But what if he says yes? And why am I such a fool to not take the time to ask? Mm -hmm. I don't, bro, Pat. I just, That's good. Yeah. That's good. My, my thing is, is I'm learning now how much God wants to communicate with his people. And let me just say, I'm, a, I, I'm learning. I'm in the process of learning. So I'm not this like dude who walks around prophesying. I'm not that guy. But I know that God wants to speak. Mm -hmm. He told the disciples, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because servants don't know what the master is doing. Well, and you know, part of when he's saying, I call you friends, and this is what I'm learning in my life. Yep. You know, I, I've given plenty of messages in my life about like, you know, finding your purpose and achieve. But I've come to realize that God is far less concerned about us achieving our purpose or mm -hmm. fulfilling who we were made to be. I think he certainly cares about that. Yep. He's far more concerned with our intimate relationship with him. <sighs> Man, why you got to drop bombs like that? Well, it's 100% true. Yeah. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit is the lesson that I'm learning in this season. Um, and I feel okay to say it. Like I have turned up a notch mm -hmm. in the last 30 days of my time with the Lord. Um, and it has completely and totally changed my life because the more, the more you spend time with him, the more you become like him. Mm -hmm. So the world even has this philosophy. Show me who your five closest friends are and I'll show you what your future is. Absolutely. Right? right. And it's true. It's and it's true. I know where you're going with this. Take us there. So what if you allowed the Lord to be your closest friend? Mm. You make him your closest friend. I'll show you what your future is. Mm -hmm. Now, let's also be real. Being close with the Lord will cost you. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to paint as like cupcakes and rainbows, right? Uh Jesus, who's the Son of God. One part of the Trinity, his journey ended in death. Mm -hmm. Paul's journey ended in death. Peter's journey ended in death. And when I'm talking about death, I ain't talking about like, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was. They died of old age. No, no bro. It was brutal. It was yep. brutal. Yep. But on the other side of that, they're in eternity. Life couldn't be better. Mm -hmm. But we are still feeling the impact that they made over 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Man, you have left us with, uh, I mean, there's no one, including me, that is going to walk away from listening to this yeah. and not have some nuggets to really to, to really chew on and dwell on. Yep. Um, I think the biggest one, and you started with this one, is it's not what you're going to do. It's who you're going to be. Who you're going to be. Who you're going to be. Yep. And I'm convinced that's what God cares most about with us. Yep. He is. He does not care so much that I fulfill the the fullness of my destiny on who yep. I was made to be. Yep. Certainly, that's part of it. Yep. But it's more like, who are you? Yep. That's that's huge. It's I huge, love that, bro. Man. Thanks. 
thanks oh, so thanks much for, for having me here. We're gonna have you back. Let's we're gonna go. have you back. This is fun. And um, when we when when this drops, we're yep. gonna have information yep. about your podcast coming yep. up and yep. where people can find you and, yep. and follow you. We'll definitely have that in the show notes. One way we end all of these yeah. is with two truths and a lie. It's okay. ironic. No gray areas. I'm going to ask you to lie to me, but it's kind of fun for the audience. They, right. they got to know your story a little bit. See if you can stump us. Okay. I love golf. Um, oh, crap. This is hard. I should have thought about this before the show. I'm going to get you on this. You are going to get I'm going to get you on this. So I can tell. Obvious. Uh, all right. Let's fire them off. I love golf. Um, one of my favorite trips was going to Paris, and I love, I love a good nap. You do love golf. Yes. I know you know that part about me. Well, I was stumped for a moment. Yeah. Because I was just recently meeting with someone, and they hate golf, and everybody they hang out with plays, plays golf. golf. And trying to, all of a sudden, I was going, is that Brent? Was that Brent? <laughs> but you just earlier, you mentioned going out golfing. Yeah. So, I okay, so I got that one. I got a 50-50 chance now. Yeah, 50-50 chance. I think you like naps, too. You got you it. You love naps. I've, I've never had the chance to go to Italy. <laughs> I couldn't think of a lot, but yeah, I couldn't yeah. think of a good one. So you haven't been there yet. Okay. I haven't been there yet. It is my goal. And Italy's not even actually where I want to go. I really want to go to Israel. Um, and I know it's coming soon. Do you know what an unbelievable trip? Because you one of the things that that make you, I think, such a powerful communicator is you make the Bible come alive. And I know some preachers hate that because they're like, yeah. no one makes the Bible's alive on itself. Yeah. I yeah. get it, but yeah. people know what I mean by that. Like yeah. people feel like they're there with you in there. So I would love to be on a trip with you in Israel no, and have you yeah. standing in some of these locations and yeah. teaching yeah. or telling that story. So I yeah. hope you get to do that someday. Yeah. And I hope some of our audience gets to go with you someday. Oh, it's going to be yeah. fun. Well, Brent, thanks so much for being Man, on our podcast. Thanks for having Appreciate me, Pat. You. Love you, bro. All right. Love you too, brother. Yeah. Wow. What an amazing interview with Brent Hatchett. And so I want to leave you with this thought. What are you going to do when... What are you going to do when you're anxious? What are you going to do when you're waiting? What are you going to do when you don't know what to do? Leave your comments below. If you have any questions, you can uh, write us at info at nograyareas.com. And remember to follow, like, subscribe, and share. We'll see you next time.